Welcome to the fifth episode of Anecdotes with Anne, with me, Anne Rimmer. In 2012, my brother lived for a time in Chile. My family bought a big map of the city of Santiago to get a sense of where he would be living and working. And in between the streets named for San Isidro and Piero de Valdiva, there was one named for Bernardo O'Higgins, which felt a bit out of place to me. I always thought of Chile as being predominantly Spanish. Clearly, I needed to learn more about Latin American history and why the Chileans would name a street after an Irish guy in their capital. What I learned was that Bernardo O'Higgins was more than just an odd street name. He was one of the great Latin American independence leaders. Bernardo O'Higgins was born August 20th, 1778, near the city of Chilean. At the time, Chile was on the frontiers of the Spanish Empire, and Chilean was on the frontiers of Chile. He was born into colonialism. His father was the highest-ranking officer of the Spanish crown in the region. Ambrose O'Higgins had been born in Ireland and worked as a merchant in Spain before joining the Spanish military and working as a colonial administrator. Bernardo's mother was Isabel Requiem, the 18-year-old daughter of a local landlord. She was Crillo, meaning that she was born in Chile but was of Spanish descent. It is unclear why Isabel and Ambrose didn't marry. It may have been that Ambrose didn't want to endanger his career in the Spanish administration by marrying a local. Bernardo would never meet his father, although Ambrose would play an active role in his life. One of the things that Ambrose paid for was Bernardo's education, and when Bernardo was 15, he was sent to Lima, Peru, which, as the Spanish vice-regal capital, had some of the best schools available. Two years later, Ambrose was appointed as viceroy of Peru, and in part, wanting to avoid the awkwardness of having to explain his illegitimate son, he paid for Bernardo to go to Europe. Bernardo spent time in Cadiz, Spain, and in London, where he lived with merchant friends of his father. It was in London where he met Francisco de Miranda, a Venezuelan independence leader. Miranda had fought against the English in the American War of Independence and was establishing a network of young South American revolutionaries. In 1801, Ambrose O'Higgins died, leaving Bernardo a large estate near Chilean. From that point on, Bernardo went by O'Higgins as opposed to Riquillem. In 1801, Bernardo also returned to Chile, where he lived as a relatively prosperous landlord, although he remained in touch with many of the revolutionaries he had met in London. In 1808, world events provided Chile with the opportunity to seize more autonomy from Spain. Napoleon had defeated Ferdinand VII, the King of Spain, and had appointed his brother, Joseph Bonaparte, as ruler of the Spanish Empire. The Chileans declared independence on the grounds of remaining loyal to Ferdinand VII, they formed a junta to govern the country, which was comprised of nine elites. At this point, O'Higgins was only a minor player in all this political activity. He was friends with one of the first presidents of the junta, Juan Martinez de Rosa, who was a former aide to Ambrose O'Higgins. De Rosa and O'Higgins were part of a faction that supported full independence from Spain, in contrast to the royalists who wanted to remain loyal to Ferdinand VII. The tensions between the royalists and the independents came to a head in 1813 when Spanish forces from Peru invaded Chile. The conflict was more like a civil war, with the royalists supporting the Peruvians and the independentists supporting the Chilean forces. By this point, de Rosa had been ousted as leader of the independentists by José Miguel Quiera. Even among the independentists, there were different factions, split not by politics, by regional affiliation and personal ties. The tension between Quiera and O'Higgins would become a key feature of Chile's path to independence. At this point, Quiera was commander of the army, while O'Higgins was a relatively junior officer. O'Higgins was first assigned to cut off the Spanish at Linares, and a victory there resulted in his promotion to colonel. O'Higgins had no formal military training, but benefited from the advice of another friend of his father, Irish-born Colonel John McKenna. 
O'Higgins gained further prestige during the failed Siege of Chilan, where his soldiers held their positions during a rainy, cold, and muddy winter. The failure of the Siege of Chilan was a blow to Kiera, who had devised the strategy of the siege. The roles of O'Higgins and Kiera were effectively swapped at the Battle of El Robe in October 1813, where Kiera, in the face of defeat, deserted the battlefield and O'Higgins took effective command. It was there that O'Higgins issued his most famous command. Lads, live with honor or die with glory. He who is brave, follow me. O'Higgins successfully led the independentists to victory. After El Robe, the junta reassigned commander of the army from Kierra to O'Higgins. Shortly thereafter, Kierra was captured by royalist fighters. With his chief rival out of the way, O'Higgins took the opportunity to sign a ceasefire treaty with the royalists in May 1814. The independentists had been ill-equipped and ill-trained, and they were running out of resources to keep fighting. It was a controversial treaty, as O'Higgins negotiated the liberation of all prisoners, but agreed to the restitution of the king's coat of arms. Kiera was strongly opposed to the treaty and worked to overthrow the junta. Tensions between the men climaxed on August 24, 1814, with a full battle at Tres Equies. O'Higgins lost, but not decisively. Before he could attack Kiera again, O'Higgins received a message that royalist forces were disregarding the treaty and were again invading Chile. Kiera and O'Higgins agreed to unite against the royalists, with Kiera as commander of the army. O'Higgins led troops to a confrontation with royalist forces, but found himself surrounded and outnumbered in the city of Rancagu. Thousands of independentist soldiers died that day, although he and a few men managed to make a famous charge that broke through royalist lines. Kiera and O'Higgins never spoke to each other again, with O'Higgins claiming that Kiera had failed to send reinforcements, while Kiera claimed that he argued against Rancagu as a battle site. O'Higgins and other independentists fled to Argentina as the royalists now controlled Chile. In Argentina, O'Higgins met José de San Martín, governor of the province of Mendoza. San Martín was another member of Francisco Miranda's network, and he helped fight for independence in Argentina. In 1817, San Martín managed to convince the Argentinian government to invade Chile in the name of the independentists. O'Higgins commanded battalions mostly comprised of black slaves who would earn their freedom if they survived the fighting. The first battle, in February 1817, was a decisive victory for the independentists, and San Martín was offered the position of Supreme Director of Chile. He declined, wanting to continue to fight for Latin American independence, and as a result, O'Higgins was appointed to the role. San Martín would go on to play a key role in the independence of Peru and Uruguay. Most of O'Higgins' first year as Supreme Director revolved around the continuation of the conflict against the Royalists. It wasn't until April 1818 that the independentists had full control of Chile. As Supreme Director, O'Higgins tried to restore order after years of war. He established markets, courts, colleges, libraries, hospitals, and a navy. He introduced agricultural reforms and took steps to professionalize the Chilean military. O'Higgins also tried to institute more radical reforms, including the abolishment of noble titles and more tolerance for Protestantism. The consequence of these reforms was that he found himself having alienated the political, religious, and business leaders. His popularity did not improve when he had to negotiate a million-pound loan from the British government to prevent the Chilean government from going bankrupt. A new constitution in 1822 was seen as a desperate power grab, and in January 1823 he was disposed in a coup by a former friend and ally. O'Higgins' abdication was typically dramatic. He bared his chest and offered his life should his accusers demand it of him. In return, 
the Junta declared they held nothing against O'Higgins and saluted him. After being disposed, he left Chile, originally intended to head for Ireland, but Simon de Bolivar convinced him to stay and fight for an independent Latin America. However, O'Higgins found that Bolivar wasn't intending to give him a military command. O'Higgins eventually settled in Peru. In 1842, the Chilean Congress began to look upon him more favorably and reinstituted him to the rank of captain and invited him to return to Chile. Tragically, but probably in the dramatic fashion he would have liked, he died on the voyage back. On one hand, O'Higgins' story is that of a larger-than-life figure, a great military leader and a revolutionary who helped establish a new country. But on the other hand, it's about the importance of the personal relationships can have in our lives. Personal relationships played a hugely important role in the independence of Chile. Alliances were based on decades-old friendships and family connections, and whole battles resulted from personal dislike. Quiera and O'Higgins didn't really have any great political disagreements. They just really didn't like each other. To me, it is a good reminder of the human fundamentals that underpin history.